Hello and welcome to Keep Middlesex Moving, Mobility Matters podcast. I'm Christina Fowler and I'm joined today by my fellow host, Arlene Holt. Hi, Christina. Great to be here. Hi, Arlene. Uh, so with us today is Stephen Dunn. Thank you for joining us, Stephen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great, great. So for our friends listening, Stephen Dunn has received some local recognition as the biking fireman. Before we get into that, Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became passionate about bicycle and pedestrian safety? Oof. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, uh, well, let's see, I'm a firefighter. I'm an EMT. I live in uh, Union County, New Jersey. I guess I, I first started with um, being interested in bicycle and pedestrian safety through my work. I, uh, you know, I see a lot of people hit on the roads and um, seen a lot of people die on the roads and um, it's, you know, it affects you and you kind of bury it for a while and then eventually it comes back and you realize it's still bothering you. So uh, I figured, let me try and do something about it. So that's how I've um, gotten involved with the pedestrian safety aspect of it. Three years ago, you decided to, commit to biking to work every day. What prompted you to do that? You know, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. It's, it's, it's been about a decade since I, 10 years since I started biking kind of intermittently. I would bike on nice days uh, when I knew where I was going exactly for work. Cause sometimes I have to go to different firehouses. So if I knew I was going to one place and it was simple, I would, uh, and it was nice weather, I would take the bike. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not sure exactly why I decided at that moment, but it was 2020 was my New Year's resolution and it was January. So I just say, you know what, let me stop making excuses. Let me just go, um, let me go all in on this. Let me commit to doing it every day. And then a couple of things kind of spoke to me, I guess, as to why I should stop doing it. Um, there's, there's no parking uh, at any of the firehouses where I work. There's some parking, but as, as a newer guy, you don't really get um, preference in the parking lot. So you park on the street. And my car got hit while I was parked on the street by a taxi driver who was uh, <laughs> was texting. Wow. <laughs> so wow. I, I took it as a sign, like, hey, get rid of this car. And uh, so I fixed the car. I sold it. And I just started riding my bike every day. And uh, yeah, that was, geez, that, I guess that was late 2019. And that was when I kind of made the decision to go for it. A lot of people would take that as a sign that it's unsafe to bike, but you actually went the other way with it. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I never thought of that. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's all a matter of perspective because I already had the idea in my mind about biking to work. So I had been doing it a little bit here and there. And it's interesting. I I, I felt I was more uncomfortable with people knowing that I rode my bike to work than actually um, riding my bike to work. Because, you know, you stick out, people make comments, people think you're strange. <laughs> so uh, for, before I went full time, I would... Most people didn't even, some people knew because you saw me, but I would try and get there and hide my bike and not let people really know that I was riding. Um, so, yeah, I guess, yeah, if, if I wasn't already riding my bike, I probably would have taken that as a sign to <laughs> to go the other way and, and drive more, but, but I didn't. That's really interesting because for a whole segment of the population, bicycling is their only mode of transportation. And there is a stigma of people who are, who see, you know, a regular person that can afford a vehicle driving their bike to work instead of their car. And I feel like that's a great way to bring awareness to the fact that a bicycle is a just as good of a mode of transportation as a vehicle. 
Yeah, you know, you bring an interesting point. In some of the Facebook groups I'm part of with Rails Trails, that's come up where people will flat out say the only people who ride bikes are a certain kind of person. And um, and and I, I I don't like that because, you know, I, I serve an underprivileged cop population in Elizabeth, and I see people as people, you know, not the way some of those comments can be made. So it's, it's upsetting to me personally because I'll just, I'll just say if people say, oh, they're drunks or whatever, or they have a DUI, that's riding, why they're riding the bike. I don't look as a person as a drunk. <laughs> I, I, I've seen their people. So to, to hear those comments is upsetting. And it's also one of the reasons I guess I'm passionate about it because um, I think I can help people who, who really need to ride their bikes and walk. I don't need to. I can drive. I can do whatever. But by choosing not to, to take the car, I think it's going to help uh, lift up people who suffer the most you know, bike and pedestrian fatalities. You know, you mentioned the uh, Rails to Trails. Um, I understand you're a founding member of the Union County Rails to Trails. Could you tell us a little so, bit about that? Yeah, so it started for me. Um, so there's a Union it's called a Facebook group called Union County Rails to Trails. And it started out um, in August of 2020. So I wasn't a founding member of that, but I was one of the early members. And I was pretty excited about it when I first found out about it because the rail trail they were proposing would transform my work, my ride to work. I wouldn't have to go on road almost the whole way. Um, and then it's kind of grown from there. Um, one of the things that happened actually, so that was August of 2020. And then September 13th of 2020, a friend of mine was actually killed on her bicycle in Brooklyn. Um, so that was kind of an interesting leap for me. I, as far as social media goes, I've been on, you know, I, I remember when Facebook hit a million users. I was in Connecticut when Zuckerberg started it. So I was one of the first people on it. And for years, I've been like a lurker, right? I just kind of look. I don't post anything. I don't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. be involved. <laughs> um, it's a powerful tool. I, I kind of was able to recognize that I, I am influenced, my mood, my, you know, you can be happy or angry about things you see just online, right? So when I when my friend died in in September, that was kind of a first step for me where I was like, you know what, let me try and put something out there into this mm -hmm. this metaverse as it's now called, um, for good because there's a lot of garbage on there. So I, I poured a lot of energy into the the Rails Trails Facebook group for Union County Rails Trails, um, and then about a year later, it was last December, it became apparent that we needed to become more than just a Facebook group. The Facebook group has power but we need an organization. So what we did was we formed this called Union County Connects. I know you're on, you're on a podcast, so you can't see my shirt, but um, Union County Connects is, um, the vision of it is to basically promote rail trail development in Union County and active transportation, outdoor and, and recreation and healthy lifestyles. So it's um, you know a concrete way to take the power that was you know, formed in a Facebook group and make it into a more um, tangible asset to, uh, to advance our goals. You know, I, I love how you bring up social media. You know, it is such a powerful tool of late. You know, we, we actually I, I, I came to know of you through social media, following you on, on Instagram. Do you find that that is your best way to communicate with with the public or you know, how do you find what, what do you think is the best way to communicate with them? So it's interesting, and my thoughts on it are still evolving. So I'll <laughs> give you I'll give you where I'm at right now. I, I think social media is a way to to reach more people. You get ideas out there. You're kind of able to, I, I just, my, my thought with social media is I just throw all my ideas out there and whatever sticks, sticks, people don't like it, whatever. 
Um, but also something I've come to think of recently is I'm kind of out, I'm searching for one person and, or one group of people. And like, it, it brought me to you guys, you know, right. And you're doing something. And then it, it, the cool thing about social media is connected me to people who I never would have otherwise connected with. <laughs> and they're people I like and people I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the downsides of social media is that the people, there's a, there's a dark side to it, right? You get negative comments. You'll get people saying nasty stuff. But those people won't come to say that to me. Yes. <laughs> they'll be on a keyboard, right? Yeah, they're but, keyboard but, but, warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if and honestly, if the, the people, some people do come and say stuff to me, and I really, really appreciate that when it's when I get negative feedback in person. Man, there's nothing better than that because it's a real conversation, mm-hmm. um, and I can understand it better. And then you can you can both grow from it. Um, but I, you know, I get more through the social media and and through Union County Connects. People have kind of come out of the woodwork that I never would have otherwise met. And we share interests and we share, you know, energy and ideas and excitement. And that's the, there's some times where I, I think to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing social media? It's very draining for me. But then, you know, something like this happens. Yesterday, I, I, we did a, I had a golf event and I met another really great person from Groundwork Elizabeth, a bunch of great people from Groundwork Elizabeth. And I, I just wouldn't have met them probably if it weren't for the social media. So that kind of, it's like I said, it's a useful, it's a useful and powerful tool, but it, you need to i'm still working on it you need to (laughs) you need to um you know have discipline with it yeah discipline is definitely key and 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 in doses right because you know the negativity does does get a little bit draining um but nonetheless the awareness is there right i mean everyone is talking about it and look i mean we're connected you know so that's yeah yeah it's 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 a cool who would have thought this this is the world we're in now. It's pretty cool. Though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, speaking of social media, um, recently in the summertime, you caused quite a stir with your idea for the Garden State Bikeway. And um, a lot of people were like, where is this? And other people <laughs> said, this does not exist. And I think it's a really great idea. So for our listeners, can you talk about this idea of the Garden State Bikeway, which is just, I don't understand how this isn't even a thing yet. Yeah, yeah, that's, so that's interesting. And and the Garden State Bikeway, so my idea, and I, honestly, I'm not even sure it's my idea. Someone must have thought of this before. <laughs> my idea, so, well, you coined it on social media. So. Yeah, yeah, so, so I'll take it. But but um, so I love the Jersey Shore, right? I'm from New Jersey. I love going to the beach. But I really hate, you know, over these past, especially these past few years, I hate having to drive places. If I can take my bike, I want to take my bike. And not only that, I hate paying tolls and I hate paying to go on the beach. <laughs> I, I vacation most of my life in uh, in South Carolina and there you, you don't have to pay for the beaches. So this idea of paying for beaches is stuck in my brain. Yep. Uh, in New Jersey, we do have beaches you don't have to pay to go on. It's Sandy Hook. So Sandy Hook, you have to pay to get your car there. But if you walk or bike there, you know, you can go on for free. Right. So I looked at the map and everything. I love the East Coast Greenway. And uh, I found out about the Henry Hudson Trail. So the East Coast Greenway... It runs right by my house and it takes you down through Middlesex County along the Middlesex Greenway. And then it connects, well, not quite fully yet. Hopefully the Middlesex Greenway does eventually connect to Route 35. But um, Route 35 has a bike lane over the bridge. It's not a great bike lane. It's basically a shoulder with uh, paint. But, Don't even bring mark- that up. That's a whole different subject there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so sorry. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's there. It, it, it got me to go there because I saw a bike painted on the shoulder. So, so, uh, but it was good. So it has a bike lane. 
Um, and then from the south side of Route 35 to the base of the Henry Hudson Trail, I forget the exact number, but I want to say maybe it's six miles to Keyport from there. So, yeah, but once you get to Keyport, you're on the Henry Hudson Trail and you're off road the whole way to the Sandy Hook. So from I live in Kenworth and that's a 41 mile ride, which especially now with the advent of e-bikes, anyone can do 41 miles with an e-bike. I, I love e-bikes for that. It brings it up to so many more people. But even if you're someone who likes to ride 40 miles, that's not a that's not a bad ride in a regular bike. Um, and then the other thing for me, in my mind, Middlesex County, right? Middlesex County bears the brunt of shore traffic. You have everyone driving down the parkway going to the shore, but no one's stopping in Middlesex County and spending any money and contributing to the local economy. If you have a bikeway going through Middlesex County, it's just going to be an explosion of ecotourism and, and economic benefits for the region. Because if you're riding your bike, you're stopping for a coffee, you're stopping for a pizza, maybe going for a shopping, shopping somewhere. To me, the idea, like you said, why isn't this already done? Like someone had to yeah. think of this already. <laughs> but, but it comes back to where, sorry if I keep going on and on, I get excited about it, but it's just in our brains that you got to take your car everywhere. So that's, that's my main battle with everything I'm doing is kind of shifting the idea that the car is the only way to get around this area. So don't take the parkway, take the bikeway. That's what I, I tell people. That's a good tagline. <laughs> and that's really one of the things that I enjoy about what you are doing. For many advocates, we're, we talk about bicycling as a mode of transportation, but you are actually demonstrating that not every trip requires us to get behind the wheel of a car. And for anybody that follows you on Instagram, you've taken your your bike to Home Depot and to Target, and you show that, yeah, you can get there by car. Why do you feel that is so important? I think that's what I realized. It wasn't easy for me because your whole life, you just get in the car and you go. It's just kind of, it's what you do. Like I didn't, I didn't even think about riding my bike to work until someone else kind of introduced the idea to me. And then once you get the idea introduced to you, it becomes, how do you actually do it? And there's, there's challenges in doing it. What do you do when it rains? What do you do if you got to carry something? What do you do, you know, if it's farther or, or you have a flat tire? So when you start thinking about all those challenges at once, it becomes easier to just go back to what you know in the car. So what I did was I've, I've, able, I've been able to kind of shift my thinking about it. I, I enjoy the challenge. Like, it's not a bad thing to be challenged about it. And so once I'm able to figure out, for example, how to get to Home Depot and pick up whatever I need, now that's one one less thought process when I'm going. So if I don't have to think about going to Home Depot to get something, I can just go without thinking. If I'm able to share that with other people, it takes one of those obstacles out of it to get people to to try and fight places. And one of the things I'm careful about too is I'm not I'm trying not to portray that you have to bike everywhere. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, the cars are still useful tools as well. I just want to. It should be an easier option. It's it's a very hard option. Like I put a lot of effort into trying to bike places, and still there's barriers. You know, I, I, so I'm just trying to take away the mental barriers. Is I guess my um, what I'm trying to do with my social media. Right. Well, you know, the barriers aside from just the routes. I mean, safety is obviously a huge concern too. Last week, we you were at the state house talking about Vision Zero and the vision zero policy. Clearly it's, 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 it's something that needs to be done, not just statewide, but countrywide. So how did you get involved in being at the state house last week? Oh man. <laughs> so I guess it is, it's interesting because it all started, I think for me, 
with this Rails Trails Facebook group. And that's how I got involved with trail advocacy. Um, and then, like I said, I've been, a, I've worked for the fire department of Lizard for 10 years. I've been an EMT for 15 years. So I've, like I said, I've seen a lot of this stuff and it has an effect on you. So through the Rails Trails advocacy, that's how a lot of the people who are involved with trail advocacy are also involved in Vision Zero because they, they kind of go hand in hand. Like, you know, if you want to achieve Vision Zero, you have to give pedestrians and cyclists a place away from traffic a little bit, but also you need safe streets as well. So I got involved with the Vision Zero Alliance and I've been going to the meetings. I met um, Nikali, whose, whose son was was killed in a car crash a while ago. And, um, you know, for me, it was, uh, it was almost like I didn't, it's not that I wanted to do something. It's that I had to do something <laughs> because, uh, you know, when, when you're, when you're a first responder, you're kind of there for this short portion of it and it affects you. And then to be able to connect that to people like Nikali who have to deal with the long-term effects of it in a different, you know, a different, more personal way than I do. It was, it was a uh, powerful, I thought, I think I'd just bring a little bit different voice to the vision zero movement because a lot of it, unfortunately, our families, right, that have personal stories of loss, very personal stories of loss, which fortunately, you know, I don't have now, but I'm very worried about it, obviously, because it is, I, in my testimony, one of the things I said was, it's it's the most likely way for my children to die, you know, like, I have a 10 and an 8-year-old, and if you look at the statistics, the number one way for teenagers to die is a car crash, and um, just not acceptable, so, so that's kind of how I got involved, I, I just, I feel like I had to do something I don't know if I'm doing, I don't know if it's going to do anything, but you got to try. So that's kind of, uh, you know, what I'm trying to do. I feel like right now we're at this point where everybody is just fed up. And if we don't strike now, then when are we going to? I read your statement. You posted it to your blog and we'll have a link to your blog at the bottom of this episode. And it was just, it was so moving because you really do bring a, a unique viewpoint to it. Not only are you a family man, but you also serve the community. And the things that you see as a first responder, how can they not change you, right? Um, so I, you know, when I first learned about you, the, I immediately thought, of course, he's, you know, advocating for safer streets for all. He's a fireman. He's a firefighter. Like that's, there's something special about people who, who do the work that you do. And you cannot just kind of take off your helmet at the end of the day and leave all those worries behind. It kind of, you know, it, it shapes us. The work that we do at KMM is nothing compared to what you do. But when you know somebody and you've spoken to somebody who has been impacted by a fatality that could have been prevented that changes you that affects you so i you know personally i just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing well i i really appreciate that and thank you for reading the statement i actually got i had to stop myself from crying when you said that i don't know why but uh it's interesting um as you were speaking one of the first things i thought of was and if any first responders are listening to us i hope you listen to this as, as a first responder you you do you bury it you bury it for a while I did that for years and it, it comes back to you eventually at some point. So it, if you are a first responder listening to this, I hope you kind of join me in this because 
because we we have a lot of problems in our, our community from traffic fatalities because it it doesn't end with the call and it, it carries with you so there's something it's been therapeutic for me almost to try to do something yeah, <laughs> you right. know i guess sometimes i tell myself hey it doesn't even matter nothing matters but but you got to try and um and i think if there's more people who join us in this we can get mm-hmm. more done well, quick question um you had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you received comments from people in the beginning about biking to work. How do people see you now? Are they you know, still making fun of you or have you been <laughs> able to convert some people to your side and, and take some rides with you? Yeah. So it's, it's a mixed bag, right? You know, I think most people, most people, even if they make comments, I don't think it's, firehouse culture is, is interesting anyway, but we pick on each other, you know, just for being, it's, it's fine. So most people, even if they do make negative comments, it's, it's like after they make a joke at me, they'll ask me, Oh, well, how did you do this? What about this? What about that? So people are interested. And there is a, there are a couple people I know like on my fire department who have ridden their bike every once in a while, you know? Um, so there's, there's definitely um, interest. Like even the, even the, even negative comments, I wouldn't, I don't even take them as negative, to be honest. It's almost just like a reaction to something different. It's not, it's not towards me. It's not, it's just about, Oh, that's different. Some people do take it as like an indictment of their lifestyle, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you live three miles from the firehouse and you drive a a huge pickup truck there. So so, and here I am riding my bike from farther away. So I think some people do take it personally, but, but if they do say something to me, I know it's not really, it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. just about what they're thinking about. But yeah, overall, there's been a shift. And now I tried to hide it for a while. But now, as you see, I'm, I'm out there all the time with it. And uh, so I think people are coming around. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, is there anything you want to let our listeners know as far as how they can help spread awareness? Um, do you have any upcoming events? I know that you had done a 13 mile walk not too long ago. Do you have any of those planned for the next couple of, although I know we're going into winter, but for next spring? Uh, yeah. So next spring, I can tell you, uh, the third Saturday in April, it's celebrate trails day. And we're going to have Tom Sexton here. He's the region. He's the Northeast, um, director for the national rails trust conservancy. Right. Uh, we threw it together kind of last minute last year, but we're going to be walking down the Raleigh Valley railroad in, um, with, from Kenilworth to Roselle Park. Um, and that's, as Union County Connects an organization, that's our, our number one priority right now. And you guys can appreciate this. I get a little, not upset, but it burns my fire a little bit. The Middlesex Greenway, I forget the name of the railroad, but it was abandoned in 1992. Mm-hmm. And now you have the Middlesex Greenway, a beautiful bridge over Route 1, great economy um, building up in, in Metuchen, and it's wonderful. The Raleigh Valley Railroad was also abandoned in 1992, and we got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's already owned by the state. It's to me, I'm just so frustrated that someone hasn't done this already. And and another frustrating thing is it, it crosses Route 22 in Union, right where a, a lot of pedestrians die every year. So I, maybe you saw my one video. Someone died just a few months ago. Yeah, you know, right down the road from there. So the why there isn't a bridge there already, I I don't know. So I'm I'm pouring a lot of my energy and, and influence that I can into convincing people, hey, let's build this, let's build this greenway and let's build a bridge over 22 and not only give us more mobility options, but it'll reduce pedestrian fatalities in a, you know, a notoriously deadly place for, for pedestrians. Right. 
Right. Um, yeah, so the third the third Saturday in April, that's what I can give you for that. And then, you know, otherwise, if you're listening to this, just reach out to me. I'm the Biking Fireman on Instagram, Facebook, thebikingfireman at gmail.com is my email. And uh, I love I love hearing people and sharing ideas. I'm an ideas person, so if you want to talk ideas, I love it. And then we can talk about how to make things happen. Yeah, we unfortunately we have to wrap it up, but we could be here with you for hours, hours. just talking about this stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll link everything to our um to the podcast so that anyone that's listening or they can share it and they can follow and and hopefully join our cause. I just want to leave everybody with one of Steve's quotes. In one of your posts, you wrote, "If you engineer for cars, you get cars. If you design for people, you get people," and that's so true. And hopefully Amen. together, yeah, hopefully together we can really, you know, see the, at least the spark of a um, Garden State bikeway or the trails being connected in Union County. Um, we need more people like you, Steve, that, you know, can, can just get those ideas out there and, and maybe spark interest in legislators that also have a passion for this in some way and they just kind of felt that nobody else cared about it until now so the more voices we can get i think we can really change our our culture here in new jersey and make it a, a better safer place for everybody and if, if you're listening to this podcast i i, <laughs> I know you can make a difference because you took the time to to listen to this podcast right so that's one of the things like you you, you think about engineers and traffic engineers and government officials you think, ah, they got it covered, but I can tell you, we need more people to come out with ideas and come out with design and and just you know try to try to do something. It's not it's not all covered. Trust me, there, there needs to be more help and more involvement. Thank you so much. Thank you so we much. We are so Steven. thrilled to have spoken with you. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to sit down with us and talk with us. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Funded by the North Jersey Transportation Planning Authority and the Federal Highway Administration.